Blessings one and all, and welcome to the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about Doreen Virtue and the Dark Christian Doctrines. But before we get into this topic, I have to preface this conversation by saying a few things, and this is important, so please do listen. First and foremost, uh, if you don't know who Doreen Virtue is, she was a very popular uh, New Age author. She was actually the number one best-selling author from a publishing company by the name of Hay House that publishes a lot of metaphysical and New Age material. Uh, Doreen Virtue wrote a lot of books about angels and put out angel cards, angel oracle decks, she had a tremendous following. But about three years ago, she converted to Christianity and said that she renounced all of her previous works, that people shouldn't use her cards, they shouldn't uh, read her books, they should throw them out. They weren't from God, they were New Age deception. And some people were fine with this. They, they said, hey, uh, God bless her on whatever path she chooses, but a lot of other people were really hurt and felt like they had the rug pulled out from under them because they supported her for so many years. They bought all of her books, all of her oracle decks. They attended seminars. They took her online certification courses. So they invested a lot of years and a lot of money into Doreen Virtue and believed in her. And then she said, no, I renounce it all. This is all uh, from the devil. It's new age deception. So the, these people felt crushed. And I, I can understand that. And around about that time that Doreen Virtue made her conversion, I had just started podcasting and I was getting, you know, emails and people messaging me and saying, hey, did, do you know who Doreen Virtue is? Can you... Uh, talk a little bit about her conversion. Do you think it's legitimate? Do you think it's real? Uh, what do you think about her renouncing uh, all of her former works? And I didn't want to get into it at that time. There were enough people uh, talking about Doreen Virtue on the internet, and I just didn't want to add my voice to all of that. So I you know, decided to stay away from that topic. But now, over the last week, now since I've been podcasting, I've, I've always gotten emails about Doreen Virtue. There are still people that want to know. Uh, do you know who she is? What do you think? Uh, do you think her conversion is legitimate? Some people think it was a money scheme or, or some such thing. But about a week ago, she put out a video, apparently, that... that ruffled some feathers, made some people feel uncomfortable, made some people feel afraid because they still support her even though they they own her previous New Age material, the books and the angel card decks and all of that. And these people would be more kind of like New Age Christians. But Doreen Virtue was in her latest video saying, you know, all this again is from the devil, it opens portals to the demons... And you need to throw it all away, and you need to repent. 
and uh, and and people were, you know, again that it was kind of like ripping the uh, the scab off the wound, I suppose. And people really wanted me to watch this video, give my opinion, what I thought, what I think of Doreen Virtue, and it, it was quite a few, quite a few emails. So I decided, you know, I watched the video, I watched some of the videos she made previous to this one people were concerned about or having a hard time with. And uh, I, I just decided, you know, maybe it's time to uh, talk about this a little bit. But again, before we do that, I, I also want to add to all of this that this is not a tear-down podcast. When I do a show like this, it's never to smear anybody, tear anybody down, um, point at somebody and say how wrong and how terrible they are. Hey, I think Doreen Virtue is a legitimately good person. I think she has been on a quest to find the truth all of her life, like many of us. And this is the path when, when she began to read the Bible and go to church. It just opened up a whole new vista for her. And that's fine. I think her conversion was legitimate. I don't think it was fake. I don't think she's a, a bad person. Um, but I do have a little bit of concern about some of the things that she espouses as the truth or her version of Christianity. And the thing that's funny about this, about the time that Doreen Virtue made uh, her conversion, I was on Instagram, and I'm, I'm not on Instagram anymore, but I had a little bit of a dialogue with her on Instagram. I, I actually messaged her and said, hey, you know, you don't know me from Adam, but... Uh, you know, I just wanted to wish you the best. I know there's a lot of buzz and a lot of hate on the internet right now about your conversion. I think it's great if that's where you find the truth. Uh, I invited her to be on my show at that point to talk about it in a non-judgmental way. Um, which she said, you know, maybe another time. She wasn't quite ready to do that yet. But I also offered her uh, to have a conversation about the path ahead or the path that she was on because I noticed she was talking to uh, some people out of the fundamentalist evangelical movement who are known to be rather spurious and I was concerned about that I didn't want to see her get pulled into that legalistic evangelical the devil's everywhere uh, direction in her faith. So, you know, I offered to have uh, a bit of a dialogue with her, and she said, you know, again, me, you know, uh, maybe a little bit later, not at this time, you know, there's a lot I'm taking in right now. I said, that's, you know, that's fine. And, you know, that was pretty much the end of our, our dialogue. And, and Doreen, if this podcast comes across your ears, I don't know if you remember me, if you remember our, our very short dialogue on Instagram, but that invitation is still open to talk about these things. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm not here to put anybody down. Um, 
I just think it can be a little bit of a slippery slope when we get into Christianity because the the evangelical and the fundamentalist message is so prevalent. It easily sucks us in. And I think the version of Christianity that it instills in us is, let's just put it this way, I, I think it has a lot of problems. And when we take that version of Christianity and we preach it to others and we instill it in others, it creates a lot of problems. For example, in the video that people were being disturbed about and that I watched from Doreen Virtue, she said when she got out of the New Age, she repented before God with many tears for, you know, her New Age deception for all those years. And she was telling, you know, her listening audience, you know, you got to clear your home, throw away. If you're coming to Christ, if you want anything to do with Christ, you know, you got to throw away all this New Age and metaphysical uh, paraphernalia, the books and the cards and uh, the statues, whatever you might have, and repent before God. And she said God would forgive them, of course. But then she said something very interesting. She said, you know, repent. You know, of course, God will forgive you. But there still might be consequences for your sin. And this was something I really took note of because it took me back to my childhood and many of you probably heard me tell this story before but when I was young very young I mean pretty young <laughs> for three four years old two, I can't remember a time even before I could form words I have memories of being a little child and I felt this present around, this presence around me. I felt like it was always watching over me, that it, it, it loved me, it was always there for me. And as I got older, I, I started to talk to this presence. And later on, I learned of this concept of God. Oh, this is God. So I started to talk to God. God was my best friend. I loved God, and I knew he always had my back. He was always watching out for me and watching over me. Then at one point, my family wasn't very religious, but they, my parents ended up going to this little Methodist church. And... It was there that I was told, you know, this is not really the way we talk to God. Uh, this isn't what we're supposed to do. Uh, you could be talking to the devil. He could be disguising himself as an angel of light or the presence of God and deceiving you. So we really don't want to talk to these, uh, you know, uh, any presence that we feel around us, even if it feels good and loving. But then, from the pulpit, this preacher also, or this minister, also gave the message that God punishes us for our sins. We can repent, and he will forgive us, 
but there still might be consequences for our sins later on, or current sins that are not confessed and repented of. Because God cannot tolerate sin, and he will not let it slide. He is a just God. And therefore, if we stub our toe and we hurt our foot, if we get a cold, the flu, the stomach bug, have a car accident, lose our job, get uh, diagnosed with a terminal illness, or die early, these are all ways in which God punishes us for our sins. These are the consequences of our sins. And this at a very young age instilled a literal fear of God into my mind. I remember being very young, if I would get sick, if something would go wrong in my life, um, if a loved one would get sick or a loved one would pass away. I remember, I remember sitting in my room thinking, what did I do? What did they do? Why is God punishing us? Everybody seemed okay. I don't remember doing anything wrong. You know, why, why is he mad? God, I'm sorry. You know, I was afraid. And as I got older into my teens and 20s, I had this dark cloud hanging over my head. It wasn't always there, but it would come at random times where life would be going good. I would be happy. And suddenly I would just stop myself and say, hey, man, don't get too happy. Don't get too excited about this because you don't know if God is going to take it all away. If he's going to demand my life of me or my one of my friends or one of my family members, somebody that I love. Because you never know when he's going to punish us and in what way for some sin that we committed, even if we don't remember what it was. So God be, kind of became this figure that he could come out of nowhere and, and hurt you in some way to punish you but you didn't necessarily even know why. It could be something that you did years ago or weeks ago or months ago, but now you're suffering this terrible consequence because he is a just God. Now, when we say such things as this, as this uh, minister did, and as Doreen Virtue put forth in her video, I think a lot of times we get indoctrinated by people, by religious organizations, by denominations, by churches, even religious schools and places of religious training. We're handed these doctrines and we start to parrot them to everyone around us saying, you know, I'm doing this for God, I'm doing the Lord's work, I'm preaching the gospel, and we, we start saying all these things. But we don't necessarily stop and think, is this realistic and is this healthy? And now I think as a certified spiritual counselor, I could speak with you know, some wisdom and some authority on this. That if we turn that around for just an instant, 
and we had a friend or a relative in our earthly lives that acted that way or did that to us if we did something to hurt them or offend them or let them down and we said gee i'm so sorry we apologize wholeheartedly and they said it's okay i i understand you made a mistake i understand i forgive you but then they turned around and said but watch your back because i forgive you but there's going to be consequences for this at some point in your life because i am a just person Think of how would we react to that. We would probably never go around that person again because is that really forgiveness to say, I forgive you, but this would be like a child having a father and the child is wrong. The father says, I forgive you, son. It's okay. But there's going to be consequences for this at some point just so you know, but you're forgiven. I forgive you. But life goes on. Maybe it's six months. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's two months. One day the father just comes into the boy's room with a belt or a razor strap, beats the tar out of him, and says, that's for what you did six months ago. There's the consequences. I am your father. I am a just man. And you had to pay at one point for what you did, even though I forgave you. What kind of a psychological scar would that leave on a child? What kind of a psychological scar would that leave on a person? No matter how old they are, if a mother, father, brother, sister, friend, wife, husband did that to them and did that to them repeatedly, they would begin to resent that person. They would begin to hate that person. And there would be a fear of that person, depending. And this is what happens when we instill this kind of image of God into people's minds. And this is why you see so many people after a while breaking away from Christianity and leaving it completely because they say, I couldn't take it anymore. I always felt like I was bad. I always felt like God was going to hurt me or send me to hell or judge me. I always felt like I was judged and watched over by God with this angry, critical eye. And I just got so tired of this angry God, I just said, forget it. I'm out. I can't take it anymore. I don't love this God. Because he doesn't sound very much like a loving God to me. I don't believe this anymore. And I got news for any and everybody listening to this podcast. That is not God. That is us putting together a picture of God based on our thoughts, our ideas, our reasonings, our theologies, our doctrines, our philosophies, and things we pick out of the Bible 
that sound right and holy and godly and biblical, and we build this snowman or this scarecrow of a being from the mind of man. And we point to it and we say, that's God. And you better watch out, because man, he's just and he's wrathful. And you never know what God's going to do. Think about it this way, ladies and gentlemen. We have Muslims in the world today who think they're doing God a service by killing other people who are not Muslims, or at least their brand of Muslim, because they will kill other Muslims as well who are not terrorists. And they do this because they're told this is how God is. This is what God wants. We have people that hate other individuals based on their race and their color and their creed and their sexual orientation and will say terrible things to these people, condemn them to hell, wish them to burn in hell, sometimes doing bodily harm to them. Look at these kids and people and gay people that go to these, you know, beat the gay out of them, uh, religious reform camps. So many people that have been psychologically and physically abused in churches and splinter groups in the name of God, in the name of Christ, because this is what they believe. And somewhere along the line, we're told and indoctrinated by someone that this is how God is, and this is what God wants. God is love, and you should not treat your neighbor badly, but we can tie someone up in a basement, we can beat them, we can starve them, we can burn them with cigarettes, we can whip them, we can do all these terrible things to them because they don't believe the way we do. They're not accepting the doctrines we're telling them to accept. They're gay, they're black, they're this, they're that. They listen to rock and roll music. And it's okay to do these kind of things to these people because what they're doing is evil. And we're just carrying out the plan and the will and the actions of our just God. What a terrible terrible, terrible thing to do, to think, and to believe. And this is why we have to be so careful about these doctrines that go against all reason, all, sa- all sanity, all characteristics of what God is. Yes, God is higher than our ways and greater than we are. He's not angry and vengeful and just in that way, the way we would be as vengeful, selfish, angry, violent human beings. That is not God. Those are not the actions of God. God does not say to you, I forgive you, but there's going to be consequences and you don't know when it's coming. Does that sound like 
a being who was love personified would act? I don't think so. This is an atrocity that we're pulling on one another in the name of God, in the name of Christ, in the name of religion. And when we look at Doreen Virtue, and again, I think she's a good person. I think her conversion is legitimate from the heart. But Doreen, again, if, if you're listening to this by any chance, look at your YouTube channel. No one is off limits. I mean, it's the Christian scientists. It's everybody. Everybody and every... Where is the gospel? Where is the good news? Why is it always with fundamentalism bad news? Telling us what's evil and what's going to displease God and how the devil's going to get us and how we're being deceived. How is that good? That's bad news. That's scary news. Where's the love of God? Where's the peace of God? Do we think people are going to accept our religion if it's more like a horror movie or The Exorcist rather than the greatest story ever told? We have to think about this and the damage it's doing to people, spiritually and psychological, because I know the kind of damage that thing did to me, and it took me a long time to get rid of it. A long time. We need to stop having more faith that the devil's going to, you know, materialize and get people if they own an angel oracle deck or read a Harry Potter book or watch a horror movie or listen to secular music. Who do we have faith in here? Are we living our lives in joy, doing the best we can, having faith in God? Or should we live our lives in fear? Always worried that the devil's going to pop out. Everything is a gateway for the devil and the demons and the dark. And, oh my God, be careful what books and what movies and everything you bring into your home. The devil, the devil, the devil. It seems that more people that cl claim to be Christians have more faith in the devil than they do in God. Because they're afraid of everything and they're warning everybody about everything. Hey, look, I got a variety of books on my bookshelf. I have little figurines of Jesus and angels. At one time I had a Buddha. I have some angel oracle decks. I use them for meditation. I use them sometimes in my spiritual counseling practice. I don't have demons walking around in my house. I'm not depressed. I don't feel dark in my mind. I don't feel that I'm deceived. I feel loved. I feel led. I feel good. Because I've gotten back to that, that innocent trust 
belief and faith in God that I had when I was a child. And it's just free of all of that. It's free of all that fear. It's free of all of that heaviness. Naturally, there are things I wouldn't do, and there are things that I wouldn't have. But I mean, this is life. Are we going to hide under a rock because the devil's going to get us practically no matter what we do? That's not faith, that's fear. Where is the faith in that? I knew a gentleman once where I used to live. He owned a Christian bookstore. Nice guy. Nice family. But he never let his kids watch regular TV. Only Christian TV and Christian movies. And these kids were probably... Seven, eight years old, maybe nine. He had two daughters. And uh, he was telling me one day they happened to turn on the TV. And whatever channel it was on, there was a secular movie. And uh, two people were shooting at one another. And the one, the one person got shot in the movie. And his kids flipped out. He said they started screaming and crying and just going, you know out of their mind because they'd never seen a secular movie before and they thought this man on TV was really shot and killed right on TV in front of them. He said they were upset all day. Their mother had to take them out for a, you know, a special trip to go shopping and take them out to eat and they, you know, they were still upset. He said they were literally shaking even though they told him this, this wasn't real. Folks, we can do that to ourselves, where we try to live so much under a religious rock that we're just going to lose it when we step out into the, you know, the world of reality, because nothing's safe. The devil's everywhere. Oh my God, he's in every other religion except mine. Even other religions and other Christians could have the wrong Jesus and be worshiping. I mean, again, is this faith? Whatever happened to the words of Jesus, he who is not against us is for us. They're all following the same Lord. Maybe they're following in a different way. But why do we have to make them wrong for that? Why do we have to make them satanic somehow for that? Why does the devil have to be hanging out in my angel oracle cards? He's not. He's not. And to tell people these things is not giving them faith, it's giving them fear and this is the kind of thing that little by little, bit by bit, it starts to do damage and it starts to weigh on people spiritually and mentally and physically. And eventually, sooner or later, they're going to break. And they're either going to break in one of three ways. 
And again, as a certified spiritual counselor, I could speak with some authority on this. They will break in the way where they will become an absolute zealot, persecuting people that do these things they think are so wrong. No love in what they do. Just hate and condemn and yell and judge. Hellfire and brimstone and fear and wrath just attack people. You're going to hell and you're going to hell and you have the wrong Jesus and you're not a Christian though you say you are. You got the devil. They're going to break and become that kind of zealot. Or they're actually going to break and have a nervous breakdown because this kind of thing does cause uh, psychological uh, damage and weighs on people very heavily psychologically. And there are quite a number of people that have, uh, you know, the psychological or nervous breakdown over this type of thing. They, they start to feel like everything in their life is a sin. Everything is wrong. God hates them. God's out to get them. God's going to hurt them. They don't know how to please him anymore. Everything, the devil's everywhere. They don't know which way to turn. They feel so judged. They're afraid to go to hell. And people just break. And they need psychological attention. Then there are people that just break and say, screw religion, I'm done. I can't take this kind of burden in my life anymore. Always looking over my shoulder for this wrathful, angry God that's ready to punish me and hurt me and throw me into hell, you know, at the drop of a dime or less. And Doreen Virtue, again, if you're listening, you, you say that you have credentials as a trained uh, psychologist, you should know these things. You should know these things. That if we tell people enough of this kind of thing, it's going to break most people in some way. God doesn't want us to throw reason and logic and good counsel out of the window in the name of of doctrines and theologies that are passed on by man. Whoever thought that we should just take all leave of our senses and our logic and our education in the name of faith, especially when that faith is so heavy laden with so many fearful and burdensome things, it doesn't make any sense. You know, folks, I'll never claim to know everything because I don't. I don't do, do these podcasts to come on here and talk about how great I am, how smart I am, or I'm God's prophet or God's chosen vessel. No, I'm just a, an average guy trying to do a good work for God and for other people. Because I love God and I love people. I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to help people heal. I've always wanted people to come to the light and feel that joy and love of God that's real and not burdened down with fear.
So essentially, you know, I'm, I'm just who I am. I'm trying to live a life that's of love and that's pleasing to God because it is of service and love the best I can to the best of my ability in my life. And not out of guilt and not out of fear, but because I enjoy it and I want to and I love God and I love people. And I say that because I just want to say one thing. I think being someone that felt that presence around me at a very early age, someone who was blessed to have essentially an angelic encounter when I was 12 years old, because life was not going in a very good direction for me. I was a kid riddled with anxiety. Who knows who I would have been, what I would have been, what choices I would have made. I didn't have anybody to turn to with problems that were, you know, at home with my father, at school, always being picked on and targeted by other students and even uh, some teachers, uh, you know, friends. I didn't have many friends. I grew up in a time and in a household and in a neighborhood where you just didn't talk about your feelings or what was really going on in your head. I had nobody to turn to, so I turned to God. You've always been there for me. I need help. I need to know that there's love in this world. I feel like everything is hopeless and helpless. And I was blessed for whatever reason that I was able to have this angelic experience that literally saved my life, turned my life around, set the path for my life for what it is right now. And I am so, so grateful for that. But all through that, I felt the love of God. And I don't know everything. I can't put God in a box or define God for anybody. But I could tell you this. God is pure, unconditional, wonderful love. He wants the best for all of us. He's not full of fear and hatred and anger toward people. If people end up falling off a cliff or not going to heaven, that's because of their own choices. That's why God gave us free will. He doesn't have to do anything. We'll do it to ourselves. It's the way everything is created. Water will always rise to its own level. And I feel that's the law throughout the entire universe because that's the way God created it. But I really feel that he's pulling for us all. He loves us all. And that's why even when I had these confused doctrines of the angry God sometimes that would overshadow my life. I would talk to these pastors and preachers and fellow fundamentalist Christians when they would say these things about God, and I would just look at them and say, but that's not God. And they'd look at me like I had three heads, and I'd say, it's a difference to know about God. 
and a big difference in actually knowing God. And see, I knew that presence and I knew that love, but I was always having trouble believing in it 100% because of the indoctrinations that I've had in my life. But I knew that love, and thank God I made my way back to that that love. That's one thing I feel that I can speak about pretty confidently. God really is love beyond what we know, beyond what I can articulate. And all of this fear in demons hiding on our bookshelves and in the oracle cards and in the movies and in the music if it's not Christian and this and that, that's like I told many people in the past, that that's not God. Don't ask me how I know, but I know it with every fiber of my being, and I would stake my very life on it. That I know God well enough to say, that's not God. You can trust him. That God, the angry, just devil under every rock, God of fear and anger and wrath, and you never know what he's going to do. Can't trust that God, because <laughs> I don't think he's the real God. But the true God of heaven, the true God of love and light and goodness that blessed me with the life I have and blessed me with this angelic experience that I had as, as, as a kid, and led me and guided me. And there's other people that have stories just the same as this one. That God I believe, that God I know, and that God you can trust. And I hope it's that God that Doreen Virtue and everyone in evangelical and fundamentalist Christianity will eventually find. Because that, I always say it, one minute in the presence of that love changes everything. You can't look at life the same. You can't look at people the same. You can't look at God the same. It changes everything. Because it affects you on every mental, emotional, and molecular level of your being. It is all-encompassing. You feel it. Everywhere coursing through you and everywhere around you. And it is such a wonderful, uplifting, and euphoric feeling. It's the most incredible feeling you'll ever have. And one minute, one minute in the presence of that love changes the way you look at everything and everyone around you. And you're certainly not seeing demons on the bookshelf or in the oracle decks or running around figuring out what you got to throw out in your house because the devil's going to get you or God's going to get you. God's going to be mad. All that's out the window. That's man-made nonsense that keeps us in bondage and keeps us in fear. So I hope this answered uh, some of the questions uh, many of you had that emailed me last week. I hope, uh, again, I hope that Doreen Virtue will come across this and give it a listen. I'd really like to have that dialogue because, Doreen, I think you're a good person. And um, 
I'd really like to see you encounter that love that revolutionizes and changes everything. Because it'll take all that fear, all that heaviness, all those heavy doctrines and theologies. It'll just wash that all away. And you'll realize just how silly and man-made those ideas are. So everyone out there, I appreciate you listening. Again, I hope you got something out of this. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, stay in God's love. Remember, if it's fear, it's not faith. And fear is not of God. Faith and love are of God. And there's no fear in those things. Have a blessed day, everyone. I'll see you next time here on The Infinite Journey.